This is the Veteran Story podcast where we find out about the fascinating stories from uh, Armed Forces veterans. I'm here today with Chris East. How are you doing, Chris? I'm fine. Thank you very much for chatting to us. Uh, We've been having a little chat before we started recording about uh, your fascinating career as a songwriter, but we'll get into that later on because just to find out a little bit about your career in the Armed Forces, first of all. So before we do that, Growing up, whereabouts did you grow up, first of all? Whereabouts are you from originally? Well, Dad came back from India and wanted a job from far away from London, bomb sites. So they sent us to Perth. And um, most of my very early years were spent uh, in southern Scotland, borders. So originally from the London area, but then moved up to... To southern Scotland as a yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. I remember those days very fondly, very fondly. Dad was in the signals and he was out in Burma, the Forgotten War, and came back and got demobbed a bit later. So we went up there in, well, well I was born 44, so about 40, 45, went up there, yeah. Right, so what, just after the Second World War finish, would it have been? Just after? Yeah, not long after, yeah. yeah. Uh, from what I can remember, it was it's a n- nice place to live, yeah. And then I find, many years later, that I'm actually 42% Scottish. I had my DNA done, you know. Which <laughs> explains why I like the sound of pipes. The swirl of the kilts and the scuttle of the pipes. <laughs> um, yeah, love it. So with your dad being in the, the forces, was that something that you always wanted to do? No. It was the last thing on my mind. I wanted to be a policeman. I, I solved lots of uh, childhood crimes up in Scotland and uh, thought, right, that's it. So when we moved to South End. I, I, and I was old enough, I applied to join and they turned me down because my eyesight wasn't very good. So, so then you couldn't join the police force with, uh, with um, uh, substandard eyesight. So on the rebound, I joined the Navy. Big mistake. Right, okay. So what year would this have been? How, how Six, 1961. 1961. So I'd be 17. 16, 17. So why was it a big mistake? They keep telling you what to do. I can't stand being told what to do. I did decide what I'm going to do in my life. Always have, always will, until I drop dead, which I hope is a long way off, but uh, there you go. So what are your first memories of, of, of joining the Navy? That, oh, that... I made some good friends uh, uh, who still stay in touch, a couple who live, who live in America now. Um, but we keep in touch uh, many, many years later. We all went down to HMS Raleigh and marched around like idiots. And that wasn't too bad. My first posting was HMS Lion, uh, which was a cruiser. And it went straight. It's just been commissioned. It, it, it had been built many years before, but it was, had a lot of trouble getting to being commissioned. Got commissioned, went out South America. Right. So I'm 16 and three quarters in South America. 
Whereabouts? Right round it, all the way round it. My favourite place was Peru, but because I was a keen uh, uh, at school, I, I read a lot and I read about Contiki, and I got to stand where the Contiki pushed off from in Kaleo, Kayao Harbour. Made my day, you know. Um, and what was your sort of daily duties on the ship? Oh, what, did, what did you have to do? Your electrician, yeah. Electrician, only because I couldn't. My eyesight wasn't great. Um, I'm short-sighted, so I couldn't tell if it was a green or a red light at a distance, which is a bit of a problem if you've got anything to do with seamanship. Uh, so I, I opted for electrician. Then from there we went back to England to another training course in, in electrics. And then um, two years out in the Far East wonderful and then the exams we took uh, I, I took the exams and I came second in the class and my friend came first and because we were underage they didn't promote us everybody else in the class got promoted except us so we were in a situation whereby people who knew less than us were telling us what to do I didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. Which was the start of the slippery slope downwards. You see, if they, if, if they tell you to do something and you don't do it, there's not much they can do about it except put you in jail, which is what they did. Right. What was the reason why? Oh, I ran away. I deserted. So what, you just you were fed up of being told what to do and yeah, the, the rules and that. regulations? and. Um, so I did 90 days. Where, where, where did you desert? Where did it happen? Where did you run oh, away from? Oh, England. Yeah. We were back in England. Mm. And I just, well, I desert, it's such a strong word. I just got fed up and walked off the ship one day and went to see my mates. And uh, that was it. So I got 90 days for that in Portsmouth detention quarters. Then they put me back on the ship, put me to HMS Tiger, which was the sister ship and then uh, I walked off that one as well and got another 90 days oh and we we ran ashore in Gibraltar <laughs> pinched the car drove it through the police roadblock and anything to draw attention to yourself because it goes on and on and on so you were desperate to get away it's quite, quite clear yeah I was getting it and they threw me out in Malta so that was good. What was it like being detained? How did you find that? Well, it's all, it, it's, um, uh, you're on your own, what they call it. Um, like solitary confinement. Solitary confinement, yeah. Um, you're in your cell three quarters of the day. The detention quarters are now a, a Royal Marine band place. The prison is now a banned practice place, and my friend over there has played in there. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's. Uh, I quite like my own company, so it wasn't as hard as it could have been. But it's just, you know, it's fun. Those but the, the thing about it is, when you're in there and you come out and you're put back into the naval service, for somehow your kudos rises amazingly. 
you're something special. And right then, we're talking 64, music was happening. Beatles, lots of people, lots of rock and roll around, you know. Um, and, uh, I was missing it. So myself and a friend of mine, it's called working your ticket. Worked your tickets, got thrown out, and immediately joined bands, started playing rock and roll. And I've been playing it ever since. Well, not now, I, I don't play it now. And any regrets for, for what you did? And any... None whatsoever. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> the best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. And you, and you found that you, 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 your shipmates, they actually thought more of you as a result Absolutely. of what you did. If and and do, you, do you find that now as well when you tell the story if, to the veteran, your, your fellow veterans? I don't tell them. Yeah. Unless they ask. Mm. We said, oh, no, we've got bludgeoned into this. We're <laughs> all going to know now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it is what it is. You, you, you do, you live your life the way you want. Well, I live my life the way I want to live it. I've done more or less what I wanted to do and will continue to do so, you know. I don't write so many songs now, but no song ever dies, this is the thing. You might write it in 1961. There's someone looking at that one I wrote in 61 that no one thought would ever get covered and it gets covered. So were you writing songs while you were on the ship, while you were in South America, yeah. while you were in Far East? Yeah, I was in the ship's concert party. And we played, uh, we played all the best places. Played at raffles. Played at lots of cricket clubs, in, 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 especially around South America. And I played in a jazz band, because I played banjo as well, I think. So, and many years later, I've just, just, we've just left, uh, taken a break from a, a jazz band that are playing now. Uh, and they play in Olverston, fair enough, once a month, you know, and listen, keeps a hand in, you know. But I don't play anywhere near as much, and I don't write anywhere near as many songs. Only so long you can do it. And I don't like the music, most of the music that's out now. It doesn't have a, 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 any body to it. If I said to you, sing a song, you're seeing something that's probably got a verse, two verses, maybe in a hook, uh, and is probably recognisable. I defy you to do that with many songs today. They're made up in bits and pieces and things. So I don't do that sort of song. I do beginning, middle, end songs. We had quite a bit of success with some of these songs. I mean... You mentioned you mentioned to me before world famous one of the most one of the most famous British singers has sung some of your songs. So can you tell us that that story about how all that came about with Cliff Richard? Well, the publisher <clears throat> was the guy who did uh, Joker's Wild on television. Wrote uh, and John Junkin, yep, uh, and the one who just died. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, Barry Cryer. I, yeah, but it would have been Barry Cryer. And Barry Cryer. Yeah. Barry Cryer. Those two, uh, my publisher lived in Hammersted. And I was at Hammersted, in, in this flat in Hammersted, talking about some songs I'd written. And these two were upstairs and they came down and they said, Oh, we like that song. And I'm, All right, okay. 
I never thought anything more of it. So he took it to Cliff Richard, actually got to see him in, as a publisher, and played it. He used to play tennis with Cliff Richard, and uh, <laughs> he put it on the car radio. And Cliff said, oh, I like that. Well, do that. That's what your career depends on, someone just saying that. Mm. Which is not the best thing. But uh, I've yet to have a, a... My dream is to have a Christmas song. And I've written the best Christmas song. But he just hasn't recorded it yet. And no one's recorded it yet. I keep sending it off every year. But... Uh, well, he's known for his Christmas songs. So, what was what was the song that what was the name of the song that you? My kind of life. My kind of life. So that was that was a hit for Cliff. That was a hit for in Cliff. the seventies. And the, yeah, and then the one that was just was even more of a hit. It's called Mobile, Alabama, and he used it on his one before last tour. Uh, but now it's a lot of it's downloads and stuff. Uh, I don't know the rate for downloads. You know. What you get paid? Uh, I know what you get paid for for concert tours. If you play it once in front of sixty thousand people, you get reasonable money. But if it plays once on Beyond Radio, you might get thirty pence. Uh, you might get thirty pence, half of which goes to the publisher. So that's the, that's the ins and outs of of. Uh, and almost made it songwriter. Yeah. Who, um, who else have you written songs for? Basically Rollers, I think you mentioned. Basically before. Rollers, um, The Judds, Kenny Everett. I think that, they're the ones that did singles. But uh, It was the music for Kenny Everett's film, you were saying, is that Yeah. Yeah. Call for Kremen. Oh, it, it, used to be, it used to be Captain Kremen, the, yeah. I the did all space the age character. I did all the music. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that never really got anywhere, but uh, it was well received. You know, I got to go to a cinema up in the West End, you know, and sit with the stars. That was good. So it's a claim. It's a claim to fame. Yeah. Uh, that was it, basically. And so you look at the shadow of a former self. <laughs> But you're, still, but you're still writing, though, aren't you? You're still doing the odd... Yeah, I'm still doing it, but I don't do it anywhere near as much. Um, I buy and sell antiques and furniture and guitars at uh, GB Antiques, you know? Yes. Yeah, I've got two... Yeah, Lancaster Leisure Park. Two units in there, mm. and, I'm, and I buy and sell... That reminds me, I've got to buy some more stock. Um, yeah, I buy and sell bits and pieces there. When you put it all down like that... It, it's quite interesting. Yeah. And what made you decide to come to the veterans' coffee mornings? He's a My ex-son-in-law, who's sitting in there, is an ex-army, and he said, you should come and... and then I said, but I got thrown out of the Navy. He said, yeah. He, he said, uh, that might be interesting to people in there. You know, I don't know whether it is or not, you know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a, a forces person. I realise they're essential, but not in in, in wartime. They make a great organisation. In peacetime, they're a pain. They really are a pain. 
do this because I said so. Do you do that? Do you do what people do, say because they said so? I Depends if I agree with them or not. <laughs> Sometimes I go the other way completely. If you say, you know, said so, I say, fine, goodbye. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a... I'm not a forces person. I'm, I'm here because uh, my, every, my granddaughter and my ex-son-in-law and my daughter think I'm withering away on my own at home don't go out much and I don't want to go out I'm not a keen people person uh, I like the, the heritage side because I'm an ex-student uh, history student from Lancaster you know I like that side of it you know I collect photographs of, of Morecambe and, and Lancaster uh, and have done for years I've got hundreds you know old, old photographs yeah um, and that's my level of involvement uh, in local affairs. I'm not a football fan. I watch the football, but I'm not a football fan. So he said, I said, where is this thing this morning? He said, at the football stadium. I thought, oh, my God. I hope they don't start calling football, because I know nothing about football, you know. I've met loads and loads of well-known, pardon me, people in the as being part of the business people. You know, I was in the, uh, my friend and I who were on My Kind of Life record were on the Kenny Everett show on TV. Uh, I sat next to Dusty Springfield and ate her sausage in a canteen. That's my claim to fame. That's, that's hard to top that, Chris. It's say. hard to top that. <laughs> I said, do you want that sausage? She said, no. I said, can I have it? She said, yes. So I ate it. And that's it. I love that story. That's absolutely true as well. Well, that's a brilliant story. I, like I said, I don't think we can top it. So I think that's a great place to, <laughs> to, to call end. It a day. Call it a day. But you said um, whether people would find it interesting. I think they will. I was a small boy as well. When they first came out to Springfield, mm. I bought their first album. I've still got it. I've got to meet her. Just listening to a song of hers this morning, actually. Going back, just having listened to that on the radio. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going back. Yeah. yeah, great song. Yeah. That's it, basically. Story of my life. Well. It's a good title for a song. It is. That'll be the next one. <laughs> Michael Holiday. Get it sent to Cliff. <laughs> Chris, lovely to speak to you. That's yeah, been absolutely nice to brilliant. Meet you. And uh, thank you so uh, much for telling you your see, story. Uh, when I. Uh, you have to give me a name because I'll send some. Uh, send some uh, albums in yeah and they're all on CD we've got a recording studio in Millen uh, that we, we do them all you know uh, and it's all professionally done you know I'm going to send them it I'll put down to you at Beyond Radio this is it and this thing will come through with I think four I can probably run to six CDs yeah well if it's Just, good if it's good enough for Cliff it's good enough for Beyond Radio that's for sure but the Christmas song, if you were the first one to play it, yes, it'll make you famous. That would be a coup, absolutely. It would be an absolute coup. Excellent. What's it called? Old Fashioned Christmas. Right, okay, we'll look out for um, that. Bon, um, brackets, Bon Noella Gloria. Bon Noella Gloria. And it's me and the kids at a, a local Millen school. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. we recorded it with uh, right. the kids. 
<laughs> little kids standing there going, just singing around it. It just, I love it. I love the song, you know, and, and I can see it now. You see all this rubbish they have about Christmas songs on, and and the and the and the film that goes with it, you know, the, the, the video that goes with it. It's all right, but it's a bit twee and a bit. Dirty. Mine is you, family, kids, round an old-fashioned grapefire, right, with a Christmas tree in the corner, just like it was in. Scotland when we first moved up there Christmas that's what gets me like a traditional Christmas yeah it's not very long it's got a very strong book and could make me a fortune <laughs> <laughs> well we will definitely listen out for that it sounds great Chris thank you so much for chatting that's to right. us for the veteran story brilliant thank you